Hello, and welcome to another episode of Death by Bungie's podcast, Talking with Bungie. Now, this is going to be a little bit interesting. Some people are going to be reading the title of this podcast. Some people will listen to this podcast and say, whoa, wait a minute. What's this got to do with crossbows? Death by Bungie is death by crossbow, isn't it? It's killing stuff using your crossbow, using Bungie. Well, yeah, that's true. That's all true. But there is some room for discussion of firearms because I get questions all the time from friends of Bungie. I've said before that I like to cover in these podcasts a few topics beyond what I would do on the YouTube channel. It's a good outlet for me to do that. So hopefully you'll appreciate that. I want to start this out by telling you also that I am a lifetime member of the National Rifle Association. I'm a lifetime member of the NRA. I also... Very early on, with my, when my daughter was born, a few years into her young life, I made sure that she was also a lifetime member of the NRA. I am a huge supporter of the Second Amendment. I think it's very important that a free society maintain the right to keep and bear arms, protect themselves individually, and resist the threat of tyranny. That is the purpose of these firearms. A lot of people confuse the right to bear arms with hunting. I don't know where that comes from or why they would think that. It's almost like they didn't take any eighth grade history classes. When you learn about the American Revolution, you understand the purpose of firearms. When you watch the news, you understand the purpose and value of firearms and home defense, self-defense. To me, it goes way beyond hunting. In fact, I don't think I'll ever kill another animal with a rifle. I'm just not particularly interested in that at this time. They certainly have their place, and I encourage people to go out there and enjoy that if that's what they find enjoyable. I don't. That's just not my thing. I haven't killed a deer with a firearm since 2011, and I have absolutely no plans going forward to start doing that. The crossbow is totally effective for that purpose, but it is not effective for home defense. It is not effective to quell tyranny. That's why I have firearms. <laughs> That's the difference. Now, I want to start out with a little bit of a disclaimer here. I am a lawyer, like I said. I do know quite a bit about this stuff, about the legalities of firearms, but I don't want this to come across as though I'm giving you legal advice. What this podcast is intended to do is just sort of give you an overview of what's going on in the world when it comes to firearm laws and not substitute for you sitting down with a lawyer describing your situation in detail and getting good legal advice from that lawyer designed for you in your situation. There's no substitute for that. So before you start carrying a firearm, if you have questions about this, you should be consulting either a lawyer, the sheriff in your county, the police in your county. You should be consulting people who know and people enforce these laws in your area. There are state, local, and federal laws, very important. In Pennsylvania, if you are a felon, you can't carry a firearm, and it's a felony to be, you'll get charged with a felony if you're not supposed to be carrying one. And there are felonies you can get charged with if you're just carrying one without a concealed carry permit in and about your car, if you're driving around, for example. Doesn't apply in all situations. There are plenty of exceptions, but I just want to express the importance of knowing for sure how it applies to your situation. I'm releasing a vlog this week 
that shows me concealed carrying on the Pennsylvania state game lands. I do carry from time to time. As a lawyer, there was a time when I was going to bankruptcy court in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, Williamsport, some of the big urban centers in northeastern and north central Pennsylvania. Now, when I say urban centers, I want to, I'm using air quotes around that. They aren't necessarily very big populated areas, but they are areas where there is a higher crime rate than I, that which I am accustomed to. Here in northeastern Pennsylvania, I live in a relatively crime-free county, uh, 60,000 residents in Bradford County, and we have 800, 900 criminal cases a year, depending on which court you're looking at, that sort of thing. But there, there isn't a large criminal problem in my county. But traveling to those other areas, they have very bad problems with drugs and other issues that come up. And just to be on the safe side, I would carry in my car. Now, I can't carry to the courthouse, but I could carry in my car so that I was protected until the time that I had arrived at that courthouse. Very important to me to make sure that I was protecting myself, taking extra steps to defend yourself. To me, it's no different than taking a walk every day, trying to eat the right foods. These are just common sense ways to help yourself out, to assure your health and safety. And it's no different to me with concealed carry. I just want to protect myself in the event that something happens. It's just being prepared. That's all it is. So I do have a history of carrying and carrying on state game lands I do because you don't know who or what you're going to run into. For example, if I'm out there and I come into a pack of wild dogs, pack of coyotes, I don't think that's going to happen, but it could happen and I want to be protected. I would much rather carry a hundred times and not have that problem than not carry one time and have that problem. I don't want to walk in on a big mother bear just coming out of hibernation with her young ones and her getting the wrong idea. <laughs> I don't want to walk into that. I want to, in that situation, have a firearm handy where I can take a shot, a warning shot, scare those bears off, and if that doesn't work, I shoot the bear whatever you got to do to protect my life because my life is more important than the bears. That's just the way I think, okay? And that's the reason I'm doing this. All right, let's talk about the laws that apply to this and whether you can concealed carry and give you some tips to go talk to professionals in your area about if you have a question about this, right? Now, I talked a little bit about the fact that you can get charged with a crime here in Pennsylvania if you're not supposed to carry. So it's very important. And I want to stress here that if you are currently on probation or parole, you probably cannot carry a firearm. That's probably a law that's going to apply to you. And that's just the way it is. That is something that is separate from what happens when you get off probation or parole. Probation officers and probation offices typically will prohibit probationees, or the offenders they call them, I'm using air quotes around that too, but they will prohibit those folks from having firearms in their home or possessing firearms. And that's for officer safety. That's so when they do their home visits, if they go check on you, if they have to inquire on your circumstances, they come to your door, knock on the door, they don't want to be confronted with people with firearms. They want some assurance that that's not the case. It is what it is. So you have to get through that probation or parole. Typically, in my experience, my clients don't get to have firearms when they're on probation or parole. That's just the way it is. And I also want to tell you, too, 
that what I'm talking about, whether or not you can possess a firearm, is a different question from whether or not you can concealed carry. In Pennsylvania, open carry is legal. If you want to open carry, strap that rifle right over your shoulder, carry that firearm right on your hip, exposed outside of your clothing, you're free to do that. There is absolutely no prohibition to that. If you're an adult and you want to do that, walk up and down the street, go for it. Now, you can't tuck that inside your coat and conceal it. You can't do that. That requires a concealed carry permit. You have to get permission, in our case here, from your local sheriff. Again, you're going to check all your local laws and all that good stuff. But if the local sheriff does a background check on you, finds you to be a suitable candidate for concealed carry, they will issue you an identification and a concealed carry permit. You carry that. You have to get renewed every five years, I think it is, three or five years. And assuming you don't have any new problems, they will renew it for you. But if you're carrying that card, you can concealed carry. And what I do, walking around the state game lands, I have a shoulder holster on my left side so that I can reach it with my right hand. I have the pistol tucked in there nice. And then on the right hand side, it carries a ma the extra magazine. And I throw a hunting knife in there as well. It's just that way I've always got it with me. I have a nice knife, fold out knife, you know, the ma extra magazine. And then I have my small concealed carry, which is my lighter Beretta firearm, uh, nine millimeter. And I like to carry that. That's what I carry. So that way, if I come in across uh, a situation where I need it, I have it. Very, and it's, you don't even think that you have this on. You don't even remember that you have this on when you're walking around with it. I, I, once you've got it on, you dr even driving in a car, I don't even remember that I have it on. It's very easy to conceal it. But again, to do it legally, you got to have that permit. So that's sort of a separate thing. That permit is a separate thing. You should ask lawyers, you should ask your local sheriff or your local law enforcement personnel who handle such things if you are interested in carrying concealed. Some states make open carry illegal, but concealed carry legal. Some states are the opposite. Some states you have to carry out in the open. And there is some discussion about which is more appropriate, which is better. And I don't know that it makes any difference. I don't care what you do. To me, concealed carry is more appropriate to me because number one, I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. Secondly, if I walk into a store or a bank and somebody comes in there with a gun and they're going to rob it, if I'm carrying out in the open, I think I'm the first person they're going to shoot at. That would make sense to me. I don't want to be a target, so I would concealed carry to make myself not stand out, but I have it in case I need it. So there it is. That's the reason I prefer concealed carry. I should also mention that while I'm in the car driving, I still have that firearm on my person, on my, in my holster, in my shoulder holster, right? And if I am stopped by a police officer, they got a lot on their plate, right? They're pulling over people and they're looking for the bad guys. I get that. To help them out, if I am pulled over, this has never happened, but if I was pulled over, I would leave my hands, I would roll my window down, leave my hands on the steering wheel, in the 10 and 2 position, right? Right up where they can see them. Make the officer a little more comfortable as he approaches. And then I would politely explain when he approaches. I just want you to know, I'm going to leave my hands right here in plain view. I am carrying a firearm legally. I have a permit. I have a concealed carry permit. And I'm carrying a Beretta on my, in my holster inside my uh, coat here. And just, just letting you know that. I don't want you to be surprised. 
And then I would follow whatever directions they ask of me. If that were the case, they're probably going to reach in and remove it from me. And then whatever they're going to do, that's fine. I don't, you know, I don't want them getting uncomfortable. It's a stupid traffic stop. I'm not going to make a federal case out of it. You know, like that's kind of where I'm going with that. But so that's my two cents. Just throwing out some tips there. Pennsylvania, let's talk about Pennsylvania, who can and who cannot carry. Now, Pennsylvania is unique. Some states do this, some states do not. Pennsylvania has a specific list of crimes. And if you have been convicted of one of these crimes in this or any other jurisdiction, then you cannot carry. I think that is genius when it when we come to restrictions on firearms. If we're going to restrict people, I think it probably makes sense that somebody who's been convicted of armed robbery should not be able to carry a firearm. That just makes sense to me. I kind of get that. You get out of prison, we don't want you going back to your armed robbery ways. So they make a law that kind of makes sense. It is what it is, right? But that's a law that makes sense. On the other hand, if you're convicted of bouncing some bad checks, should you have to not have a firearm? If you had marijuana on you, should you not have a firearm? I mean, these are things that are a little bit different. Pennsylvania law specifically, they will prosecute you if you have been convicted of murder, manslaughter, any of those types of crimes, armed robbery, violent crimes, mostly violent felonies. And if you've been convicted of those, Pennsylvania will prosecute you if you have a firearm. You cannot have a firearm if you've been convicted of any of those so-called enumerated offenses. That makes sense to me. Ask a lawyer for your state, ask a lawyer in Pennsylvania to explain specifically your situation, pull your criminal history, and see what that means for you in your state, whether it is Pennsylvania or somewhere else. The feds, on the other hand, now that's a sort of a different story. And again, these are people that cannot carry at all. Getting a concealed carry permit, you're not going to get one in Pennsylvania if you've been convicted of one of those enumerated offenses. You are not going to get a concealed carry permit in Pennsylvania if you're ineligible to carry under this federal law. These are separate questions, separate and apart from the ability to carry. Under the federal law, if you've ever been convicted of a crime where you could have been sent to jail for more than one year, then you are not eligible to carry a firearm. You are prohibited and you can be prosecuted federally for possessing a firearm. I've had people charged with that over the years. I have not represented people in federal court, only in state court, but this certainly is an issue that has come up that has resulted in the clients being yanked right out of their state prosecution and taken federally over violations of this statute. Now, there is some question here in our third circuit, we're in a federal, the federal circuit we're in is the the Eastern District Federal Third Circuit, that this particular area has interpreted that one-year limitation as being a certain level of misdemeanor, not just any misdemeanor. So it has to be what we, what we would call on the Pennsylvania state level an M1, a misdemeanor of the first degree, the highest level misdemeanors. Again, all states are different. And all areas of the country when it comes to federal law are a little bit different. So you got to look at it. you got to get a lawyer for this stuff. But that's just to be clear, it doesn't mean any misdemeanor. It means misdemeanors where you could have spent more than a year in prison. So the federal law is much broader. If you've been convicted of a, of, let's just say, you know, there are certain DUIs, okay, driving under the influence of alcohol. If you get a DUI, there are certain DUIs where you would be prohibited from carrying a firearm, possessing a firearm under the federal law because of that driving under the influence 
conviction. Can you believe that? So you got to be real careful with this stuff. I would get a lawyer, make sure they can put it in writing. They feel real comfortable with the answers they give you. And then feel free to carry if you think it's appropriate. I know this is a podcast about crossbows, but I get this question all the time. And I want you to know that all is not lost. If you fall under one of those categories where you find out that you cannot possess a firearm, carry it around. If you fall into one of those categories, don't start thinking, well, I'll put the firearm in my girlfriend's name and that way I won't get in trouble. That's BS. That's BS because what I have seen, and I have seen this happen, you and the girlfriend get in a fight and all of a sudden they're your firearms, not hers. And you're the one going to jail. You're the one facing prosecution over that, not her. Don't play those games. If you are not legally able to own or possess a firearm, don't do it. It is not worth the risk. It is 100% not worth the risk. Instead of doing that and putting yourself at risk, get yourself a crossbow. There is nothing in this world you can't shoot with a crossbow in this day and age. That's what it comes down to. You can also possess, typically, and double check with your lawyers, but a an inline muzzle loader is available to you because that is not considered a firearm under many state definitions and under the federal definition. The inline muzzleloader or a flintlock muzzleloader, not one where you get the interchangeable barrels and you can turn it into a shotgun, not the same thing. But the one-shot muzzleloader, the one-shot flintlock muzzleloader, those are available to you. And you can still enjoy the outdoors legally by trapping. You're going to have to look for what you're going to dispatch the animal with, right? Maybe it's going to be a uh, cap and ball pistol. I don't know. But that is an option as well. Look at those legal options. The last thing that I want to talk to you about here is another reason why this is timely is that Pennsylvania is now considering dual carry. And that may have passed by the time that you listen to this podcast. What I mean by dual carrier, I guess what they're talking about there is if it's muzzleloader season, for example, the day after Christmas, we start our flintlock muzzleloader and archery combined seasons. So I can hunt in that late season. That's the day after Christmas. So it's the best weather Pennsylvania has to offer, right? It's <laughs> December 26th through the middle of January, which is pretty miserable, to be honest with you. But you're out there, and let's say you're sitting next to the food plot, and those deer just aren't getting close enough, and you want to reach out and shoot one with your flintlock muzzleloader because it's a little farther away. You're allowed now... If you buy the appropriate credentials, if this passes, you will be allowed to go out there and hunt with both weapons. In other words, you can sit in a blind and have both of them sitting next to you, your crossbow sitting next to you, cocked, loaded, ready to fire, and your flintlock muzzleloader across your lap. Probably how that scenario plays out, not based on my experience, but what from the experience of friends who have told me this, is that you will lift up that flintlock muzzleloader and you will aim it and you'll pull the trigger and find out that it's not going to go off. So you'll set that aside and you'll pick up your crossbow and kill the deer. That's probably how that scenario plays out. That's what they mean by dual carry. So <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this episode of Talking with Bungie. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I do appreciate all the feedback and the friendly advice that I've gotten, the topics that people have given given me. I really do appreciate your support. Thank you very much for listening to Talking with Bungie. And until next time, all hail Bungie. Bungie. <laughs>